Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. One more hour to go on Weston Walker at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Look, the fun may be over for the Heels and the Wolfpack, but the tournament continues with the Sweet 16 this Thursday night at the Carolina Ale House at the Waverly location. Stop by, load up for the games with Wes and Walker starting at 7 p.m., and you can watch all of the action on the dozens of big screen high-definition TVs. And speaking of TVs, you can sign up for a chance to win one of those things yourself. How about a 75-inch high-definition TV, courtesy of the fine folks at Planet Kia and PlanetKiaNC.com. That's this Thursday night at the Carolina Alehouse, Waverly location, with me and Wes Bryant, Weston Walker, the very best in fresh food, fine drink, and great company beginning at 7 p.m. Brought to you by the Carolina Alehouse, Planet Kia, and Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. How about we talk about the Charlotte Hornets? They got a victory last night, and it did not look like they were going to get one. I thought that was going to be an ugly game after the first quarter. I did too. I went as a fan last night, and I do have to tell you, they take care of us over there at the Spectrum Center every single time. I sit usually in the corner. That's where basically our seats are. They're either baseline up where the media sits. It's the first row of gray desk if you're ever at the bottom section and look up. So that's where we usually sit. And they're good seats, right? I mean, you can see everything you need to cover for the game. But my girlfriend got tickets from her business and they were closer. They were at midcourt and they were about like, what, 15 rows up? It's crazy just moving up a little bit and getting a different angle. Just how close you can watch these guys play basketball. And my biggest takeaway getting a closer look is that Kelly Oubre can do some freakish athletic stuff. And he almost landed what was a crazy windmill reverse dunk last night. Didn't land it, but almost did. There was one he was able to hit. There was like the Michael Jordan, except with both hands on the basketball, switching in midair, going from right, to right from left and then finished. Really impressive stuff from Kelly and even just the overall game from him. 28 points for Kelly Oubre, led the team in scoring, 10 of 17 from the field, 3 of 7 from three-point range. And I just want to give Kelly Oubre his flowers. We've talked and debated about Kelly before. Maybe the first debate you and I ever had, Fiddy, was it Kelly or Serena Williams? Serena was louder, but Kelly was pretty loud as well. I think Kelly was first. Yeah, I think that was it because you were on this let's trade Kelly Oubre nonsense. And, I mean, look at it now. He was the leader while everyone either just didn't want to lead or everyone was hurt this year. And, I mean, this guy wants to stay with the, let's call it a losing organization right now. I think that's what he's talking about who he is. Look, this is why it's always been tough because I love who Tsunami Poppy is as a guy. Okay? Just a poetic player out there. Not only is he poetic on the court, but even speaking off of it, love listening to what Kelly Oubre has to say. Also, the Tsunami Poppy mantra. Pounding his chest when you're playing in somewhat meaningful or meaningless <laughs> basketball games right now. Yeah. But I love that. And that's legitimate, by the way. Like, I legitimately like him doing the the ball is going the other way sign. You know, getting in the grill of the opposition. He cares, man. 
And that's why I'm a little conflicted here, too. At the end of the day, you can't pay $15 million a year for Kelly Oubre to, you know, be the attitude on this team. It's probably a little too much, but I do like that Kelly wants to stay, stay in Charlotte. I do like the way he's been playing recently. I mean, Wes's numbers are good this month. He's getting to the foul line at a high volume and hitting at a high rate. He's been really impressive. And basically, I just wanted to take that little time to give him his flower. He's been awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's been playing good ball as far as making sure to try to will this team to victory as best he can. I mean, you look at the overall numbers this season, not the most efficient, but still, this is one of the players that you can put in. He could be instant offense uh, immediately, especially no telling when he can get crazy hot. And so uh, last night watching that ball game, again, by halftime, I was like, man, this is going to be another dismal game. It's ridiculous. Uh, and then the next thing you know, you look up and uh, they get the victory. I mean, they did a great job taking advantage uh, of the Pacers' turnovers in this game. They turned it into 35 points off of 22 Indiana turnovers, and they forced Indiana into shooting uh, 36% in the second half. So – uh, this is a team that, since the All-Star break, I mean, they've gotten it together defensively. And, you know, you can look at it and say, oh, the games, they've, they're playing teams that have something to play for um, down Indiana the Indiana does, yeah. Yeah, they're playing teams, and they said it during the broadcast, Dale talked about it, and you can look at the schedule. But post-All-Star break, they've been third in the NBA uh, in defensive rating. So that's been uh, tremendous for them. And, and I- Oh, go ahead. No, you're good. I was just going to say, I think Mark Williams kind of set the base level there because when he entered the lineup, I think the defense started to change a little bit and they're picking up where they left off. Indiana is playing for something. And I thought they were going to beat down Charlotte when Miles Turner cuts across the face of Nick Richards about 17 different times in the first quarter. And it leads to nine free throw attempts and Miles Turner hits all of them and scores 15 points in the first quarter. Great. Done. Hornets down 40 to 22. Let's go ahead and wrap it up by halftime, and we'll all be home in our beds, and we are going to be sleeping <laughs> like a baby. Because if I'm not mistaken, they shot 75% in the first quarter. They were. Well, yeah, and again, a lot of it is because Miles Turner just kept – they just kept rolling and rolling and rolling, and he was finishing every single time. But kudos to Nick Richards. Completely different next three quarters after the first 12 minutes of action. How about 17 rebounds for Nick Richards? That was a career high. I I think maybe it was 14 was his previous career high. But getting 17 in this game, that mattered quite a bit. And I thought Gordon Hayward was really active in this one. There was a stretch leading up to the All-Star break and even a little afterwards where he was playing really well and then went cold. I think Gordon Hayward was active. I think you saw him running out in transition quite a bit. I think you saw him get to his spots. He was physical where teams were being physical with him. I mean, Benedict Matherin tried to put him on the ground, and that was kind of cool to see the team, you know, back up Gordon Hayward. I, that That's what I want to shed light on, to be honest with you, because we know what it is. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you that, hey, it's a lot of fun basketball watching the Hornets when you don't have LaMelo and you don't have Mark Williams. But I think games like last night, they were kind of tired of it. Like, all right, they, they could have easily let it go after the first quarter. I mean, Wes, think about that. They're down big, boom, get punched in the mouth right off the rip, like done. It, with 10 games left to go, you're already locked into the fourth spot of in the NBA draft lottery odds anyway. Yeah. Very easy to just let that thing go. But Kelly didn't allow him to. Gordon Hayward didn't allow him to. Terry Rozier took over and was awesome in some ISO opportunities for himself. Like, that's the kind of stuff where, you know what, 
it is a moral victory to a certain extent. Not going to get you Victor Wembanyama. It's not going to do a whole lot as far as winning a championship. But I do like to see the guys still play hard, and that's exactly what happened last night. Yeah, and that's a testament to Coach Clifford and and this team, man, that they just don't give up because a lot of teams, because that's the feeling I got last night early in that game. Uh, when they were getting beat down, I said, oh, I said, they're packing it in. Same. I said, Done. here we go. I said, these guys are ready. They're already thinking about uh, getting those plane tickets and going to their destinations. <laughs> and then they pop up with the victory, man. So you have to give them credit for that. And I feel like the Hornets have showed good basketball kicked all year. They may come out and have a million turnovers, and it could result in a lopsided defeat, or uh, they may have this or that go wrong. But as far as just a team just playing hard and giving you everything they've got, it's hard to complain about the effort that they give you. Well, and guys are still playing for contracts in certain uh, examples, right? P.J. Washington, he's playing for a big one. Every single game he plays matters right now. Kelly Oubre, same thing, playing for a contract. And what I like about what Kelly Oubre is doing, not only is he trying to win more money by just overall playing well, but it is the leadership aspect. It is the uh, character aspect that he's trying to get more money. And so is Dennis Smith Jr. And he had a rough game. I thought he was really bad in this one. And you know how much I love Dennis Smith Jr. But we got to keep it a buck, as the kids say. One of ten from the field, man. Missed a lot of shots. Tried to attack down low and just got swatted quite a few times. Did have six assists, but did turn the ball over one time. Just a rough offensive game for Dennis Smith Jr. Going to be an interesting decision they make with him. Because he's not going to cost a lot of money. Defensively, he's exactly what you want on that end of the floor. By the way... By far and away, the best backcourt defender that you have on this roster and perhaps already surpassed what Cody Martin can do when he's healthy and he hasn't been all season long. Big time decision they're going to have to make on Dennis Smith Jr. Real quickly, speaking of the decision they're going to have to make this offseason, the NCAA tournament featuring some guys that the Hornets are going to have the ability to choose from. Brandon Miller from Alabama, Anthony Black, Nick Smith from Arkansas, Keontae George from Baylor, Jairus Walker from Houston. If the Hornets are picking anywhere in that four to six range, those are going to be the guys that you're choosing from. But Wes, they've been underwhelming for the most part. Like Jairus Walker was never the leading scorer on the number one seed. And so it's not like you're expecting crazy stats from him. But Brandon Miller put up a goose egg in the first game against the 16th seed and was pretty inefficient in the second round. Nick Smith, Anthony Black didn't put up crazy stats in their two wins. Got the job done for sure, Mm -hmm. but didn't put up crazy stats. And Keontae George, already with a little bit of a reputation for not showing up in the Big 12 tournament, not showing up in big games, they get bounced by Creighton. They're out in the second round, and Keontae didn't play well. What kind of fear do you have about players who don't show up, small sample size, but don't show up in the NCAA tournament? right before they're about to get drafted. Yeah, I mean, I think it means a lot because I think that you talk about just the mindset of the player. Do they understand the moment, understand what it means? Do they come out and, you know, use that as a platform to take their game to the next level? And I think that's the biggest thing I want to see is mentality. Even if you don't necessarily shoot the ball well, I just want to see said player being aggressive, going for it. I want to see flashes Um, of the player and as far as I'm talking about what a deep draft this is and all the prospects I mean they're good players but there's nobody that I watch that just kind of just blows me away as far as their talent and just like where I'm like wow this guy's gonna be a superstar where there's some guys that you watch and like when you watch the Anthony Davises of the world different guys like that during the tournament and 
how they, uh, you know, just flashed all the time. And you were like, man, this guy's can't miss. Now, what I will say in contrast to that is that we do get players, though, that do get in the tournament and show out. And it looked like they're going to be this or that. And we could talk about whether you talk about Sean May or, uh, you know, different players, Kaminsky and different guys that have these <laughs> That's right, magnificent yes. tournament runs where you're like, oh, wow, these guys are going to be fantastic. And then they don't do And then what was the one guy? Oh, um, well, the guy that LeBron wanted. Um, oh, Shabazz Napier. Yes, Shabazz Napier. Well, you're sitting there and you're like, whoa. And then they get to the pros and you never hear from them again. So uh, me personally, I like guys that show up in these big tournaments. Not the end-all, be-all, but like I said, I just want to see the mentality. Are you aggressive? Well, and, and Brandon Miller has shown some pretty crazy superstar ability, at least. He has not necessarily maybe in the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, but Brandon Miller has been absolutely crazy this entire year for yeah. the most part. What do you have to say, Fiddy? You watch as much college basketball out there. What have you had to say about these uh, prospects? Well, in, in, in defense of Brandon Miller, he's playing with a pretty significant groin injury. And so I think that does speak volumes about a guy that is pretty uh, – he's pretty hurt. And I know he didn't score against Corpus Christi. They didn't need him to. His The way he defends, though, like I think that's why he has jumped Scoot Henderson is he is a great two-way player. Like Paul George is his, is his comp and – I mean, Paul George came out of Fresno State. He's coming out of Alabama. He's led a team to an SEC regular season and tournament championship. It may be a Final Four. Like, I drool watching that kid play. He's good. There's no doubt. I still have Scoot Henderson, number two. I just feel like because he's not in the limelight, he plays in the G League, we don't really look at him. The stats aren't great, to be honest with you. But we also have to acknowledge people act like the G League is below Division One college basketball in terms of talent. It may not be nearly as fun. That's fine if you think that. But the talent in the G League is insane. I mean, you got to think about it. It is the minor leagues of the NBA and you're seeing a lot of guys that get drafted or that are right on the outside. Like, undrafted guys, the 70th overall prospect is an awesome college basketball player or at least a starter. And those are the types of players you're talking about playing for overtime elite. And so when Scoot Henderson shoots under 30% from three but is still making plays for other people, that's why Scoot Henderson, just don't forget about the dude. And the Thompson twins, my evaluation on them isn't great, but... Let's just not act like they're playing in rec league over there. Yeah, I mean, they're not as visible as the college guys, and I think that's kind of my, my thing with the G League, man. I don't really care for it as far as me paying attention to it or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm not that. watching I it. I wish these guys right. would go to college, man. To me, that's where you get to that rock star status, but they'll get to show off their skills in the league uh, soon enough. But, yeah, just the visibility, and I don't seek it out. Like, I don't seek out G League highlights of these guys, and it is like – I'm not going to say they disappear, but it's almost like out of just the consciousness of the average basketball fan. I mean, I know I don't go seek out Scoot Henderson highlights after he plays in the G League. Like right. I said, I don't really recognize him until it's time for the draft. Well, and when he and Wimby faced off against one another, that's when we started talking about him. And yes. he had an awesome game. He had two awesome games right back. And, and so did Wimby, which is why he's number one. But yeah, just some underwhelming performances so far from the collegiate prospects that Charlotte could be considering in that four to six range, but still plenty of time. Brandon Miller still in the tourney. Jairus Walker still in the tourney. Arkansas with the uh, backcourt mates and Blake and uh, Nick Smith. And Nick Smith, remember before he this year, well, and Nick Smith before this year was like the third ranked guy. And then Brandon Miller passed him alongside some of these other players that we've talked about quite a bit. Let's go to the last couple segments here in Wes and Walker. Mel Kuyper called the Panthers skill group at this moment. 
among the league's worst. Are we overvaluing some of the weapons that Carolina has addressed this season, this offseason? It's coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back, folks. We are heading down the stretch here. We're on third base. Who's waving us home? Who would be the best baseball manager of all of us? <laughs> I oh, know me, somebody. right? Because I'm the baseball guy of the three. But but this goes but back. But he's so temperamental. He is. Oh, dude, you would lead the league in ejections. 100%. I think you would lead, even if, if it was you, John McGraw, and Bobby Cox, all in the major leagues at the same time, you would still lead in ejections. 100%. I feel like, dude, if I was a baseball manager, I'd be Jim Leland because I would sit over there and yeah, smoke he's a little, cigarettes. I like him. You're right. Yeah, and, yeah. And I would just berate officials, kind of like John Shire did Roger Ayers in the ACC tournament. Well, don't go to the reason why you always go to that, please. That's <laughs> so scary. How did we get there? How did we get to Duke? Right. The, the amount of times that somebody has grabbed the wheel of the car we're driving and taken us into the ditch in this show has been amazing. And Fitty, just the latest example of that. All right. So, uh, like I said, we're back. <laughs> yes, we are. We are back. Welcome back. We're all back. Hit us up on the text line, 704-570-9610. Hit those socials, Wesson Walker and WFNZ on Twitter and the WFNZ Instagram. All right. Mel Kuyper put out his new mock drafts, got the Panthers taking C.J. Stroud. But along the way, when he was talking about this Panthers skill unit, he said that uh, this, <laughs> this group was among the league's worst. And he also wrote that, uh, he said, thanks to the Christian McCaffrey trade, the Panthers had extra selections. They still have second and third rounders to add players, but this is not likely to be a team that challenges for a playoff spot in 2023. So Mel Kuyper did not have glowing things to say uh, about the Panthers. And so what do we think about this? Are we overvaluing the pickups that the Panthers have made? I mean, I think that they made solid pickups. I'll start it off. But I think that, you know, when you talk about as it stands right now, offensively, the skill talent, our team's going to come in, especially when you talk about some of the upper echelon teams that have uh, defenses that rank in the top half of the league, I'd probably say, or, or top 10 or better. Are they going to fear what the Panthers put out on the field if it stands? We know that might not be the case, but I would say no. But I think as far as just good, shrewd offseason pickups that they got good value in, I think they've done an excellent job there. But as far as just frightening other teams with what they have to account for uh, on a play-in, play-out basis, I would say uh, no, I don't, I don't I don't see that. Yeah, when we graded the skill group yesterday, I did that with the hypothetical scenario that DJ Chark was a part of this team. And with DJ Chark a part of this team, I gave that a C. 
And some people wrote in that that was even a little generous. And I could see that for sure. Mm -hmm. DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst. None of those guys blow you away right now. Terrace Marshall also included here. And I think you're really banking on him as far as internal improvement goes to really have a breakout season. If this is your squad, right? Adam Thielen, who banged up a little bit. DJ Chark certainly was the last couple of seasons. And so that's something you have to take into account. Terrace Marshall, you're going to have to rely on. And, you know, Hayden Hurst, I know we've had our Greg Olson, Hayden Hurst debate. People say, hey, don't forget about the tight end. Man, like, I, I feel like we're almost overrating Hayden Hurst as much as anyone. Like, solid pickup. I like Hayden Hurst. But he's not, I mean, I don't I don't know where you want to rank him. I think him. catching 52 balls with, you know, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase in that lineup as well as Tyler Boyd. I, I think that's pretty good production for yeah. the tight end. Playing it's real, with those guys. Yeah, it's solid, but you're also throwing the ball quite a bit. Like, Cincinnati's out here throwing big time. But they running with Mixon as well, too. Yeah, I think they're – and I don't know the numbers on that as far as Joe Mixon's rushing attempts. So he we had get, five touchdowns against Carolina. He did. But that was the first one. But remember, at that point, he had not had a rushing touchdown to that point until he played Carolina. 210 carries in 2022. So when Austin, you know, like an Austin Eckler had barely 200, it's not that many. Like, I mean, as far as, as far as the toting running backs, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not an overwhelming amount. Point being, I like Hayden Hurst as a pickup. I'm not here to clown him, but he's also not one of these massive weapons that we're discussing. Okay. Yeah. Now you're really starting to cook. You still need to get DJ Chark in my opinion. I'd also like to add very quickly. That, of course uh, you do. Joe Mixon also had 60 catches. Right. They're throwing the ball. Exactly. Like they're throwing the ball a lot. That's what I was saying. So yeah, that that offense was air, you know, was airing it out quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And if you go to DJ Chark and then you get somebody at thirty nine, okay, the, but you we can't we got to stop including DJ Chark. Okay, that's I'm saying I want to add him. I'm saying, saying that he's probably gonna go back to Detroit. Well, if that's but but you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying you still need to add DJ. I want to. <laughs> like, you just keep stopping me. I'm saying I want to assign DJ okay, Chark. Okay, okay. I want to have a wide receiver at thirty nine overall. Then that's my point. All right. Take us somewhere, Wes. You got the wheel, buddy. Take <laughs> no, us. I like the mess with you, man. I, I was trying, well, I just to, don't know where I was trying to stop you again. No, I was just saying, but DJ Chalk, I think at this point, they did say the Panthers are still in play. But, um, and we talked about yesterday, too, you know, the speed that he would add to the unit. And I think the thing I more so would be concerned about with him is just separation. Because when you start digging into the numbers. and you With your feeling? No, with DJ Chalk. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Because he, we were talking about playing fast and running fast times because it's like his total route wins, he's ranked 57th in the league. And then when you talk about his target rate versus man coverage, is number 78. So I, I feel like that's kind of the difference when you talk about a guy that runs a fast time and a guy that really plays fast like that. I, I think he would be a good pickup, but I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. It's been a tough year to kind of look for a receiver, and that's why I think that you still hear Carolina in some whispers as far as – trades for DeAndre Hopkins is concerned. But let's hear from Dan Orlovsky and what he thought about the Thielen signing and what he thinks about this offense. Adam Thielen has 534 career catches. The rest of the Panthers offensive, or at least wide receiver unit, has 279. So we're talking about an organization that's going to take a young quarterback. Hey, let's have somebody in who's played a lot of snaps, who's proven, that could teach the young quarterback. It's a little bit of a reverse situation. Does so often quarterbacks teach the receivers. Well, this receiver is now going to help the young player. And also, it's not just him. They added Hayden Hurst and Miles Sanders. And what I like about it is 
those guys have played on different football teams. Hayden Hurst is a guy who can threaten the seam that's massive for Frank's, Frank Reich's offense. He's been a, that's been a huge part of his offense. And Miles Sanders could be a pass-catching back, which is another part of Frank's offense. Again, those guys have been around, so there's going to be a little bit of the reverse teaching with the veterans to the young quarterback. Um, I also like the fact that it's a complete offense right now. There's not a singular focus point for a rookie to get hung up on. It's going to be a little bit more of ball distribution, and that's going to be really beneficial for a quarterback that just wants to come in and feel or realize what it's like to play in the NFL. That's what I'm talking about. I like what he said right there. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about these big-time receivers when he said that. He said having a guy that's a focal point that the quarterback gets hung up on trying to get uh, the football to, and I think that's kind of – what would be a good thing for a rookie quarterback coming in as far as just having an offense just where you get open, I'll get you the ball. There's no coming in and not saying that DJ Moore was this type of player, but not like, oh, I got to make sure I feed DJ Moore and get him his 10 catches or whatever. Thielen doesn't strike me as a guy that, of course, I'm sure he feels like He's going to get catches just by the nature of his pecking order in the offense, but this is not a guy that's going to be running back to the huddle like, hey, man, I got to get my, you know, I got to get my catches and things like that. This is an offense where rookie can come in, not feel the pressure to have to feed a certain player and uh, distribute the ball around. Well, and I mean, if you're worried about, though, like Chark being a guy that comes in and not getting open as much, you said there was 57th as far as the route wins. Well, that would be good enough, theoretically, to be a wide receiver, too, in this league, right? If we just go from 32, the top 32 wide receiver one, the next 32 would be wide receiver two. So at least DJ Chark would fit that mold. There's no doubt Carolina does not have a wide receiver one. I get your point. We've talked about that before. But the better receivers in the game get the separation to become open to allow easier throws for the rookie QB, right? Like, so for me, yes, I would love to have an excellent mix of let's have the one guy that you can rely on more often than not if you have a pressure in your face, which is going to happen for a rookie QB. Mm-hmm. And then you can rely on the guy that wins a lot more of his routes and then also play off. Hayden Hurst and Adam Thielen and Miles Sanders coming out of the backfield as far as the check down goes. So, yeah, like this is not a great group of pass catchers right now. It's not great. I mean, right now, even without Chark, what, C minus? I Yeah, it's, it's not amazing. But I do think the offensive line helps quite a bit. And that's why I think bringing Bozeman back, it's why I had him as the number one addition, a re-addition coming back this past offseason. It's why I had that number one over all the moves they made. And then Adam Thielen, just to get you up to something close to average, right? Like imagine if they didn't land Thielen, then you'd be really relying on the 39th overall selection, possibly get the uh, job done with Chark. But yeah, like it, you're really relying on getting as much talent at uh, the pass catching standpoint as much as possible. Now to your point about Chark, let's hear about what Mike Florio and Chris Sims, let's hear their thoughts on if the Panthers somehow do end up adding him, what this could do to this group. Panthers clearly willing to do more than the Vikings would do, and, and he, he uproots his full career. Grew up in Minnesota, high school there, Mankato State, undrafted, goes to the Vikings on a tryout basis, becomes just one of the glue guys over the past several years, and now he goes to Carolina at the time when they're trying to turn the page and set a new culture. And yeah. I think it's, it's good for everybody. Yeah, it is. It is good for everybody. Exactly right. They, they need a guy like that. Right, it fits the role there. DJ Shark would be awesome. DJ Shark, so he's a star receiver, like you said, he's just battled with some injury stuff. But he's six four and he runs four three. And if you ever watch film, he just runs by everybody when he's healthy. Is the star fall in the cap in category, Wes? Saying that he is a star receiver. Yeah. 
Was that too strong? Because yeah. it's too strong for me, and I really like him. Yeah, <laughs> he awesome him DJ though, maybe. Does that work? He is awesome. Yes, I think that's fair. He had a thousand yard season with Jacksonville. Yeah, he called him Shark though. Is he a Shark? He is not. But we can call him Shark if we want to. <laughs> but his the way to pronounce it is Shark. But that's okay. I that. He's not wrong in that it would be a good addition for this team, given the lack of weapons you have right now. Do you feel like that this team is uh, relying on Terrence Marshall improving? Do you feel like maybe they know something that we don't as far as what they're seeing in practice and things like that, that they feel like that he's a guy they can rely on? No, I don't think they know something we don't. I just think that given the circumstances where even Scott Fitterer told you they try to keep DJ Moore, but that was a real point of contention within negotiations they eventually had to i don't think they planned on getting rid of dj moore and now it's like hey you guys don't know terrace marshall could be exactly what Moore was within this offense i i do think that especially with what you have right now if terrace improves and i don't know maybe he could go for 700 yards something like that next season that'd really go a long way for this team so if you can i don't expect them to have a thousand yard receiver next year I think Thielen could possibly get close, but I don't think I don't think he'll top it. So if we talk about in that 700, 800, 900 range between Thielen, could 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 Marshall get to the low end of that? Could he be your second leading receiver at about 700 yards? That would be really helpful for this team, and I'd feel a lot better. But I I do think as far as just how good you feel overall, yeah, a lot of it does depend on how much Marshall is going to improve. Do you feel like that tight end is still going to be a a position of need even though they bring in a Hayden Hurst, or do you feel like they're good with where they're at there? Well, not at 39 anymore. Like, if you would have thought drafting a tight end at 39 would make sense with DJ Moore on the roster. Okay. I'm, I'm still going after wide receiver there. That's what I want to do, but you can still draft a tight end for sure. If there's somebody you're high enough on, that is not somebody that you're forgetting about because you have tremble Thomas. And then you already signed Hayden Hurst. I'd still like to look because I know some people, I know you kind of talked about maybe Hayden Hurst could flirt with the most amount of yards on this team, right? Like we talked about targets. you but not but not yards. So tar- I mean that's fine. So you're saying Hayden Hurst is like what second in yards or something like that? I he said has- that he could he could flirt with being second in targets. Okay, so second in targets, right? I don't know how many that would be, but if you're talking 700 yards, that would still be behind seven tight ends next year, and that would be a career high by more than a hundred. So that that's the thing about Hayden Hurst, solid pickup, but I don't think he's going to be messing with Adam Thielen and maybe not even Terrace Marshall if he improves. I think it depends on which tight end is sitting there. If you really have a guy that you feel like is dynamic, that you could maybe do the new age thing that these teams like to do as far as splitting them out, a, a pseudo big wide receiver or something like that, then maybe. But I think, like you said, I agree with you as far as them uh, targeting that receiving core. Maybe more than one receiver. Maybe you grab one early and grab one late. It just depends on uh, what it is that you want. To well, we got a text. 704 said 700 yards is only like 41 yards a game average. I hope our numbers can uh, be better than that with some of these receivers. And look, so let's just kind of replace the production, right? Like you lose DJ Moore. He was at about 900, something like that. Did not reach a thousand. And you're still going to be, you're going to have, I don't know. I mean, you you didn't have much tight end production last year. We expect Hayden Hurst to outperform the tight ends this season combined, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, as weird as it is to say as well, there's only so many mouths to feed. 
<laughs> so even with, you know, Adam Thielen is not going to be targeted enough to get a thousand yards, in my opinion. I just don't think so. So I think you're probably talking about 700, 800, something like that. Wow. Okay. Or 900. I think Maybe. if he stays healthy, I think he's very capable of getting a G. I think he can get a ban. Yeah, it would be. It's not. It's not crazy, but I. I would bet the under on that. Like if if you gave me the Vegas over under on Thielen's receiving yards, and he stayed healthy for seventeen games, and and, and it was listed at a thousand. I take the under. I don't feel amazing about it, Dang but I'd, I'd still take the under. If he can't get a thousand and he's healthy for seventeen games, and they didn't make a good signing, yeah, I'd bet over. I don't know if I'd say it was a bad signing. I mean, if he just, can't get a thousand yards starting every game and he's healthy in seventeen games, because we know it's sixty three to get a to get a grand anyway, and then you get an extra game to get that seventeen, and he can't get you a thousand yards. I mean, is your number one? Well, he had seven hundred and sixteen last year, and sometimes I know people will just gloss over the numbers because it's hard to hear so many numbers thrown at you. But he played seventeen games last year. And he had 716. Right, but he plays with Justin Jefferson. So, but you think that's good enough? They for throw three? him the ball 400 times. So you think that's good enough for 300? Well, I mean, that's fine if you do. I think with him as the number one target in Carolina with a rookie quarterback that will be relying upon him uh, in a major way. I think in 17 games, if he's healthy for all of those games, he okay. should be able to get a thousand yards easily. Yeah, easily is tough. So you're really thinking like 1100, 1200. Yeah, okay, he can do that. I'll definitely take the under on that. I'd be willing to bet real money on that. Okay. For sure, every every game he's healthy, eleven hundred. Yeah, I'd bet that's I'd about bet, seventy. I'd bet real money on that. No, I, seventy catches. No, that's like seventy yards a game. I, yeah, I don't think he's going to do that, but that's fine. Like we can I we said, can bet. Put it on the board, their baby. money. They just took their money and threw it out the window. Are we betting but, a bad milkshake on this? Because I want to watch y'all eat what I had to eat last week. That comment. You're going to watch what? Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, let's go, Fitty. Let's go with that uh, last Fitty Flash of the day. The beauty about doing midday radio, sometimes you have absolutely nothing to talk about. And I get bailed out. Let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline because our guy Jim Salani has a question for Wes Bryant. Jim, what you got yeah, for us? I, I don't know now. I've been uh, listening to you guys before I get to Wes, and I'm going to call it Mess with Wes. That's the best part of your show is when you mess with Wes. But uh, I... <laughs> I prefer to see uh, the Panthers have three or four good receivers as opposed to one great receiver and a bunch of stiffs. So give me three or four good ones, and if you don't have a great one, you can still get by. I don't, I don't think Wes agrees with that. No. Anyway, Wes. Oh, go ahead. One. No, one. you go ahead. You go ahead. I got you. It, yeah, that's that's what I think about that. Anyway, uh, I, I like three or four good ones as opposed to one great one and a bunch of bums. So anyway. Now, Wes, uh, are you, uh, what's that word they call when you have one job that's your regular job and you uh, have a second job and nobody knows about it? I think you're doing this, the, the <laughs> commercial for Optima. I think you're Eric on the Optima commercial. Twitty, uh, Twitty. Twitty, <laughs> if you can find the Optima commercial with Eric. Oh, Jack just came up underneath the bed and barking at a dog. Anyway, I think you're, I think you got a side job with Optima and I think you are Eric. So if you can listen to that commercial while you're still in the air, and uh, everybody uh, listen to it and tell me if that's not wet, okay? <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully if it is, uh, they can pay me too. Uh, Eric, Eric from Optima, you're saying he just sounds like this voice, Jim. That's what you're saying. Yeah, he sounds. He could be. Uh, he could be Eric. Anyway, so uh, mess with West. That should be a. That should be every week or every day. Mess with West. That's the best you're still getting. <laughs> <laughs> we can create a segment. We can go with mess with Wes as long as Wes is okay with it. That's the only thing. We can do a mess with Wes. Yeah, we'll segment. figure it out. Or maybe it's Eric. Who knows? 
I, I think Wes is game. But then listen to that Optima commercial and tell me if that don't sound like Wes. All right, we'll have to check it out, man. Thanks, All Jim. Right. Thanks for calling in. Thank also, you. thanks to the dog. We appreciate those comments as well. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if we can figure that out in a fishbowl or something like that. But when we come back, we shut this thing down. What's on tap on this day in sports? This is the Western Remember Walker Charlotte Show. FC just real quickly before we go to break because we got to give away the Charlotte FC tickets. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, before I forget. A hundred percent. that. Let the uh, Charlotte in. FC Major League Soccer is now in season and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match. So stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line. Only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. And uh, we'll be back to close we gotta, thing out. We, gotta oh, we got to get more tickets. Oh, it's the Lord. tickets. I was going to let you go, though. You go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Charlotte FC tickets. If you want them, be the third caller. 704-570-9610. You can win Charlotte FC tickets by dialing that number. And then you can listen to us on the other side of the break. One more segment to go. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. segment of the day on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ I gotta tell you guys today's show's been a doozy man we had a fight we talked about underoos we had Jim Salaney call <laughs> in his dog contributed I think we have a bet kind of on Adam Thielen <laughs> we had a we had a weird show today oh there's no kind of I don't know what y'all are doing there's a bet you want somebody to be in pain like you were <laughs> oh yeah it's only fair well, is it going to be the same one? We can't just keep doing the same one. We got to do something different this time. Oh, can't maybe. Just... May, can I? Can I pick the punishment? A little vindictive over there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Scary. Why did you wink at me and then also give me an evil and smile? And this is the same guy that agreed to the milkshake bet just because he didn't think he was going to have man. to do it. He was fully on board. When he thought North Carolina was about to run the table, he was all, "Oh yeah, this is fun. Cookout milkshake. La da 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 da." <laughs> what, I, what I learned on Friday is that y'all y'all have no souls. You have no heart for others. Because I told you guys, look, I can do a, a lot of things. There's a lot that I, you know, I, I thought I had veto power. That we agreed to veto power to a certain degree. That got overruled, and then I but almost like, threw my guts up. When did we say that? Well, there's like maybe. No, no. See, this is this is the problem, Fiddy. You try to like break through like Kramer on Seinfeld with your veto power, and then we slam the door shut against you. Like here we are saying you may have one flavor you can veto, and maybe it would be because of allergies. Like I'm not about as much as I think it would be hilarious to shoot you up with an EpiPen on air. I understand that's probably a little much. Are you crazy? So we can't do the EpiPen thing. You would have allergy vetoes, but that's it. 
I mean, everything Could else. Could you imagine the flavors he would pick for you or I if we would have lost that bet? Well, the thing is, so many people were writing in that it was a weak punishment. Yeah. And, Fitty said and his man Flounder even said it wasn't that bad. We that's that's true. We had somebody try it. Not only you, somebody else <laughs> tried it, and they said it's not that bad. They said a bad aftertaste. That was it, and you were about to throw up all over the place. Let me tell you something. I did apologize to Flound for telling him, "I hope you do something in life." I was like, "Man, I was just heated." The the worst part was um, Shrop Top was sitting over here and making all these little comments. And, like, he just kept throwing these little jabs. And, like, Shrop's new to the game. Like, he's been here three months. I can't go all the way off on the, the poor kid might quit. Well, it's boisterous, too. Like, he needs to, you know, play in the role. It's like, okay, he's just jumping right on in, ripping people. You know, like, Flan, like, we've been best friends for since sixth grade. He could handle the verbal abuse. You almost killed me, man. Well, I, I just think, <laughs> you know, watching you at one of your weaker moments – just want to hurt Flounder's feelings. And so you said anything that came to mind Ooh. and you threw there, you threw out. <laughs> I hope you do anything in life. Dude, big cat Dan with maybe the suggestion of the, of the year. We need a wheel of punishment. Now this is, it's a great idea. Thank you very much. Big cat Dan. The problem is it's a straight rip from the Levitard show, which you know is my favorite ever, but it's a straight rip from them. They have, they have like the wheel of punishment or the wheel of death. Something okay, like so that. Make but it'd be great. Board. Like we just we take Willie P's board of hate, the wheel of punishment, intertwine the both. That way, whenever we're getting punished, we can have some fun. We can. No, we can definitely. And plus, that's radio anyway, man. Just straight ripping from different people. All right, we didn't. We skipped it last time. Let's go ahead and get to what happened on this day in sports history, Fitty. Since you did all this work, what you got for us? Man, dude, I, I was in here researching for hours mm, about Tom Hanks. On this day in 1964, UCLA capped a perfect 30 and 0 season with a 98 to 83 win over Duke in the NCAA title game. Although history tells me that the Duke basketball program was irrelevant until Mike Shashevsky got there. And also on this day in 2008. For the first time, four NCAA basketball tournament first-round games at the same site were classified as upsets, as two 12-seeds Western Kentucky and Villanova and two 13-seeds San Diego and Siena won first-round games in Tampa Bay, Florida. Oh, I miss Siena being good. Siena was always a go-ahead-and-pencil-them-in for an upset win. Siena was always great for that type of prediction. Go ahead. You have one other thing you wanted to say? No, that was it. Okay, very good. We'll end on that. As smooth as Kane's we have been tonight. this entire show as we continue to have a bumpy old ride. You got any Canes analysis? Uh, hopefully they get the dub. That's all I got No, for that's you. brilliant stuff there, 100%. That is <laughs> the Wasaya speaking that into existence. That was Wesson Walker. Stay tuned for the Kyle Bailey show. Smoke Ludwig in the building as well. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.